Welcome, everybody, to the 22nd fabulous edition of Christmas-themed edition <laughs> of the Metabolist 2 podcast, which stars, literally stars me, Ben. <laughs> and your co-host, David. Your avuncular co-host, David. So we are embarking on the Christmas episodes penned by the mighty... Stephen Moffat. The Grand Moffat. The Grand, the Grand Moffat. And he's written them all. Doesn't have any co-writers or anything on the on the, um, I believe on the not, Christmas, no. Christmas episodes. Mm-hmm. He just storms straight in. Right. Well, sometimes it takes him a year to write, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this, yeah. this year, for example, he's only had one thing on his plate. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Lazy bastard. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So, I think the first one is A Christmas Carol. What yeah. say we about A Christmas Carol? Well, it's... Uh, uh, Moffat's take on Dickens, I guess, would be it from does, the title. That's what it says on the box. Yep. Yeah, exactly, exactly. How? When, when did this? When did this one happen? I think it was. So we've still got Amy and Rory. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was the first year after the first year of Moffat, so it was 2010. Yeah, and Amy and Rory had just gotten married, so we were they we we joined been. them on their honeymoon cruise on a spaceship. When the spaceship That's is it. caught in a cloud storm and then about to crash, and Amy pops onto the bridge of the spaceship in her kissogram policewoman outfit, and then followed by Rory the Roman and a few gags about uh, why they were dressed up that way. Dressed up, exactly. And then uh, yeah. Amy puts in a call for help from the doctor. So, and then we go crash into the credits <laughs> or opening crash credits. Into the credits. Yeah, and I, I this I, I felt this one was and uh, you know this is uh, you know as I think probably everyone knows by this point I have a slight problem with Moffat's timey wimey mm-hmm. wibbly wobbly episodes right. um, of which there are many. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is this is one of the first where I actually found myself checking out a little bit right. in terms of what the hell was going on. Mm-hmm. I like Catherine Jenkins; she's a uh, bona fide star. Mm-hmm. At least, certainly was at the time. Beautiful was, voice, was, beautiful voice, beautiful voice. And it was exciting to see her uh, doing some acting. And Michael Gambon, obviously, is mm-hmm. like an amazing, like, is he an Oscar-winning actor? Let's call him Oscar-winning <laughs> actor Michael. Well, Gambon. certainly A-list, <laughs> A-list, definitely A-list. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was awesome to see him involved, mm-hmm. and you know, great, uh, you know, feather in who's cap yes. continually that they're able to get mm-hmm. some amazing mm-hmm. actors to work on the show. I didn't really care for the flying sharks. Mm-hmm. That felt like we were deliberately being trolled in terms of jumping sharks and stuff. Um, <laughs> well, I uh, think that that was his hook for the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my kids didn't like it that much, mm-hmm. um, so it didn't work with them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, every Christmas episode is a, you know, I think deliberately it's turned up to 11. Right. A little bit with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the Matt Smithiness was a bit over, overplayed, and the timey wimeyness again mm-hmm. kind of left me left me a little bit cold. Well, the Matt Smith uh, manic character is just coming right off his first season, so it's very in character with Matt Smith's that portrayal of you know the eleventh Doctor. So, right. Um, right. It, you weren't going to escape that, and I I yeah. I don't mind that. I think that's enjoyable to watch it's certainly a different characteristic than what we've seen before that's true that's true that's true yeah the shark uh in some ways i like it in other ways i just go "Mm, the suspension of disbelief is just a little bit too too hard for me on that one 
Yeah. Yeah. So with with the shark, when the the shark was snorting and growling, and it just, uh, I yeah, it just, it, it, it just. I would. I mean, I think I think it's you know it's part of you know Moffat's developing ideas. I think at that point of the show as being like you know really a fantasy show. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I would have preferred a monster. Right. So, um, and we already have you know flying things with teeth. Right. From uh, you know the special. Um, oh, the Planet of the Dead. The planet of the dead. So, you well, know, those the, are the, stingrays the, flying through the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, they, you know, there were sand sharks, mm-hmm. and I think you know we, we we already got that. But actually, to have like you know an actual what really just looks like a shark, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, that's that 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 really left me a bit cold. Mm-hmm. And it, and again, in you know, design wise, it just feels kind of unnecessarily fantastic mm-hmm. and un, unnecessarily um, uh, lazy. Really, we're like we're not going to design a monster; we're just going to have a shark. Mm-hmm. The other thing, actually, as some of you will know, I have a deep antipathy to um, anything to do with Harry Potter. Hmm. And uh, again, all this Dickensian, like, you know, crooked streets mm-hmm. and kind of fog and stuff. It was like, it was whimsying me out mm-hmm. too much. A little too Christmas Carol, a little too... A little too, yeah, a little too Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. And the Christmas Carol is a great story mm-hmm. and there have been some amazing ad- adaptations of it. It's nice to see who kind of, you know, addressing that, mm-hmm. but... Ah, uh, yeah, it did. It left me a bit cold. <laughs> this one wasn't uh, the best adaptation then. Yeah. The thing, uh, the the one thing that kind of bothered me about uh, the story is it kind of felt a little rapey. A little whaty? A little rapey. rapey. Because, Ooh. yeah, so young Kazrin, we watch Kazrin get older and older and takes out, uh, is it Abigail? Yeah, she Abigail. She is Abigail. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they take Abigail out of cold storage once a year, and she has this quote incurable disease. But since when has the disease been incurable for the doctor? Right. Right. It's, so they, Kazrin gets older and older and older, and you know the the two fall in love. But it's sort of like we have this woman in cold storage that we take out once a year. And rather than trying to address, trying to find a cure for her, it, it just, it didn't seem very doctory. It seemed almost selfish to me that the doctor is focusing on saving his friends on the cruise liner and, you know, all the people on the cruise. Okay, maybe that's not selfish, but the there there was a casualty in this whole story. And why in all these Christmas parties or anything weren't they trying to find a way of saving Abigail? Right, right. It it kind of is creepy in a way, just how they used her. Yeah, and I guess that's what I mean by rapey. Yeah, well, I mean, I think this is. Uh, I think sometimes this is a way that um, I think Moffat does get criticized for his slightly old fashioned. Or not old-fashioned, slightly hopeless ways of writing for women, hmm. and you know, again, it's fun to see um, Amy back in her sexy policewoman costume again. But you know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, I, again, I think one of the things that, that that I found interesting and also irritating about the sexy policewoman costume is again when we b- before we knew who Amy was and it was being, you know, we, mm-hmm. we were seeing kind of you know uh, clips um, or, or stills from 
this new companion and this new doctor, mm-hmm. there was a lot of spe- uh, you know um, speculation that she was actually a policeman of some kind. Um, but hmm. then she just turns out to be like a strip, you know, she, she's like a strippogram. Right. And again, it just seems to me to be a little bit unnecessary. It's an unnecessarily sexual, mm-hmm. unnecessary sexualization of the female characters, mm-hmm. I feel. I think it would have been really great if Amy was a policewoman, but I'm not going to hold that against against Moffat for not doing it. I mean, not that, you know, he he's obviously did a head fake and fandom took that bait and went went for it so i mean it's not moffat's fault that she isn't a policewoman but it's sort of like why why even set her up that way yeah i mean that's what i mean you know why don't just set her up as a normal person you know rather than Mm -hmm. again you know and again i I, i'm perfectly willing to admit because she is uh 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 uh, karen gillen is a very very well turned out young lady Mm-hmm. Not sure we need to put her like you know in an endless progression of sexy costumes to make that obvious. Mm-hmm. Well, but anyway, there you go. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Right. Nothing says mm-hmm. Christmas more than a sexy policeman. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a. I think there was a line in there that Rory, when there, when Amy was being the ghost of Christmas present, he kind of uh, nudges her out of the way when Kazrin was kind of wondering who it is, and he goes, "Eyes off the skirt." So <laughs> Moffat is really, really. I mean, that's his trade he's he's trading in the in that kind of innuendo for yeah, this yeah, for yeah, this yeah. show and and just the whole accidentally marrying Mon- Marilyn Monroe okay fine but you know what's what's the point it's just the Moffat cheek cheap uh, laugh and, yeah uh, and that and again I mean that all just went too quickly for me I was like hey what he's married Marilyn Monroe and then bam like we're back mm-hmm. into something else you know yeah you right. know I guess you know all the kids are supposed to be like be able to watch things really quickly nowadays but I mm-hmm. kind of like what Hank and then it was gone again so mm-hmm. it didn't really work for me so I'm sorry this is a this is this is slightly a thumbs down a Christmas mm-hmm. Carol I'm afraid uh, yeah it's uh it's very well put together, but I don't like the puzzle pieces that he used to make the make the story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's great to see Dumbledore acting um, <laughs> as a character completely different from Dumbledore, whatever Dumbledore is. What is Dumbledore? Is that is it a person? I've no idea. Um, yeah, he's a head wizard, know, right? It's the, it's the chief wizard. <laughs> uh, and yeah, Michael Gamba is amazing actor. Who you know, again, we've seen in like a, a great many super movies, so that's good. And you know, Catherine mm-hmm. Jenkins is an amazing singer. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, story left me a little bit, a little bit cold. I feel. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so shall we move on to the next year? Let's move on to to to, to twenty eleven, and we're, we're we're moving straight now into um, C.S. Lewis territory. With um, yep. we've moved off the Harry Potter movies, and now we're moving on to the Narnia movies: the Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe. Yeah, and uh, thing that. <laughs> It's it, it's petty, but this immediately rubbed me the wrong way with the missing Oxford oh. comma. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, the thing is, we don't do Oxford commas in Britain. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a completely it's an American thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I know, and it just really ugh, it's sort of like why it doesn't look right. <laughs> you know, and I and I'll, I'll I'll have to say, you know, I actually went to Oxford. Yeah, so I should I should know. I should be the person who should <laughs> should be determining whether there's an Oxford comma or not. And yeah, I don't know. Yes, uh, uh, you're the arbiter of the commas. I will be the I'll be the one who decides where the Oxford comma goes. I think it should go in the middle of widow between the weird and the o. <laughs> oh, the doctor, well, that... the weird. Oh, and the wardrobe. That's where it should go. Anyway. Well, that would be a good. That would be actually a good title. Oh, and the wardrobe. Oh, it's and a the band. Wardrobe. It's a new band. 
So again, I think with this one, again, it, felt, it really felt a bit flat for me. Um, again, you know, Moffat's trying to write a family. Right. And it's kind of failing to actually, like, flesh out, like, any kind of familial relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm a, you know, an airplane nerd and a World War II nerd, like... You like the Lancaster. Uh, well, no, because they didn't fly it. It was obviously not being flown. They're obviously mm-hmm. kind of wandering around and it was just like parked on the tarmac. Mm. And uh, it's actually, it's a little bit early in the war to have a Lancaster. Mm. Mm-hmm. If you'd had like a, a Vickers Wellesley or a, uh, a Wellington would have been ideal. Lancaster's kind mm-hmm. of a more of a late, a later war bomber. And it would have would have worked better for me because I'm a nerd about these things, it would be a different kind of airplane. <laughs> but, I mean, Lancaster's all we have. I don't think we have any Vickers Wellesleys mm-hmm. left or, or or Wellingtons either. So um, Lancaster's, is, Lancaster's is going to have to be. Yeah, but for as much as that was on the screen, you certainly could have mocked up a little set with that. You didn't have to actually film in a... Uh, existing surviving World War II vintage aircraft. No, I, actually, you, I, you know, you know what this reminded me of, and or well, maybe maybe it's just reminding you of me, mm-hmm. me, me right now. What it kind of reminds, reminds me of is is time flight, and you know, like why is there a Concorde? Uh, there's a Concorde <laughs> because we've got one, and we need to like mm-hmm. really make use of it. And yeah, everyone knows you know mm-hmm. time flight's got a lot of problems. One of its main problems is there's a Concorde in it. Um, really, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, mm-hmm. The other, I see, I see Alexander Armstrong, good comedian. Um, he does have a comedy routine where he's a World War Two pilot. Um, so mm-hmm. that also felt a bit weird because he's, you know, he's playing. Mm-hmm. He has a com- playing it he's straight. playing a, a, a character whom he plays a lot as a comic character, mm-hmm. playing it completely straight. Um, so there's a slight right. disconnect there. Um, it is always awesome to have Bill Bailey um, involved in anything because he's just an amazing mm. comedian. Um, and mm-hmm. oh, hang on, who was the woman? And it was um, it was Arabella, Ar- 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 Arabella Weir as well. So yeah, they had mm-hmm. some great guest stars. But again, I mm-hmm. was really looking forward to seeing Ar- Arabella Weir and um, Bill Bailey do some good comedy because I mean, Bill Bailey is a mm-hmm. huge, you know, sci-fi, pop culture mm. nerd kind of guy, and you know, he was. I would have yeah. assumed he would have been delighted to be in Doctor mm-hmm. Who, but we didn't really get that. Yeah, unlike uh, the, A Christmas Carol with Michael Gambone, uh, all these names were just names to the most, well, at least for this American. Right. They're just like, who who are these people? So the the comedian who played the uh, Lancaster pilot, the father, is sort of like... Alan Armstrong, yeah. yeah. Alex- okay. Sorry, Alexander yeah, was- Armstrong, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it's sort of like, mm, yeah, okay. you know, sort of like, it, so uh, don't didn't know he was a comedian. Now the kind of the pre press buzz around the um, the the loggers or the people in the, you know, we the, it was announced that they're comedians. Yeah, but, you know, there was nothing really comedic about their portrayal of those loggers, which was a real shame because they're both super gifted comedians. I mean, I think the mm-hmm. biggest show for bill bailey in the states is black books um which i think he's mm-hmm. very well known for um arabella weir mm-hmm. obviously is one of the is the woman on the fast <laughs> the girl one on the fast show so again you know people who are fans mm-hmm. of the fast show like know arabella and mm-hmm. like and she's also i mean mm-hmm. she's been in uh, uh i think bill bailey's been in um mm-hmm. big finish but and I, I definitely mm-hmm. Ar- arabella weir was actually played the doctor mm-hmm. in one of the unbound uh big finish hmm. uh, uh stories um 
Yeah, okay. like a, a female, a kind of a comedy female doctor. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the the cold open right. with the doctor skydiving out of a, a spaceship that he, the implied uh, setting is that he had set that on self-destruct after it was a threatening the Earth right, and right. it crashes down, uh, crashes down and uh, skydiving and puts on a space suit or the impact suit the wrong way. Right, right. And... Uh, Madge Arwell <laughs> mistakes him for a fallen or injured angel. Yeah, yeah. I I, I thought that was good. I mean, I liked the. I liked. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a nice kind of because again, you know, a, a traditional Christmas staple of, of you know Christmas TV is a Bond movie, and that felt very kind of Bondian to me. You know, diving out of a spaceship yeah. in a in a spacesuit, mm-hmm. and you call it. I mean, it was very. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very Roger Moore. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's very kind of nineteen seventies James Bond, which mm-hmm. is great. So I mean, I I was like, well, this is this this is going to be good. But you know, mm-hmm. uh, as, as I said, they, was, there were some good pieces assembled. I just felt that mm-hmm. we weren't really maximizing our advantages for this one. You know, with some great mm-hmm. cast members. Um, mm-hmm. And again, you know, I, I think as, as, as very often with I'm afraid with kind of Moffat's emotional writing, you know, a lot of it. You know, the kind of emotion in the piece just felt a little bit unearned it, to it's me. Hollow. Hollow's a good one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like we were being asked to feel about people that we actually didn't. We were. Mm-hmm. We haven't been asked to care about that much. Right. Um, well, which so, is you know. which is hard to do in, uh, you An know, a one off, a one off, effectively. But yeah, other, exactly. Other other shows. If it wasn't Doctor Who, I mean, there are standalone one hour programs that you can get emotionally involved in the characters, and you would think that it, the setup would be good. Okay, their their father is a bomber commander he's missing the mother knows he's presumed to be dead you i mean there is fodder there to make a a very emotional christmas show but it's it's just it i don't know if it's trying to be too many things at once or yeah uh, i mean sorry carry on Mm -hmm. yeah or, or or if just the inclusion of making it doctor who ruins you know doesn't allow it to brew yeah. I mean, there's a slight kind of ick factor in terms of, you know, father gets killed in the war mm. and then doesn't get killed in the war, um, mm-hmm. you know, which actually never happened. <laughs> um, you know, in World War Two, if your father was a Lancaster pilot and he was shot down over Germany, he was dead mm-hmm. and never came back. Right. And yeah, that's actually what things things like that happened in my family um mm-hmm. you know uh, uh, uh you know people people die in wars right. and they don't they don't magically magically come back again mm-hmm. so there's a slight kind of like oh yeah well it's nice but it's not actually right true in any kind mm-hmm. of meaningful sense actually actually one of the other things you remind me of there's a short i'm not going to remember anything about it i think it, it's got something to do with steven spielberg i think he produced it which is a uh a uh, short movie which follows a B-17, so a, a, a um, an American bomber, 8th Air Force bomber over Europe. Um, and um, there's like a crisis and the ball turret gunner is like stuck in the ball turret, which is the turret of, of the, on the belly of the bomber. And they mm-hmm. can't get the landing gear down. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, if they crash landed the bomber like he was he's going to die because right. you know that, that's right, what right. Is. so then he because he's like an amazing cartoonist he like magically draws some landing gear um so the <laughs> b-17 lands on these kind of roger rabbit style wheels that he's drawn using the power of his imagination hmm. which again like 
I didn't like watching that because it was right. like, oh, well, that, that never happened. Right. Um, if someone gets trapped in the ball cap, ball turret of V-17 mm-hmm. and you can't work the landing gear, he's dead. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a little, I mean, you know, maybe I'm overthinking the kind of war mm-hmm. aspects of it. But, you know, if you're going to use, and again, you know, I mean, I think we could have a whole episode. And I think, you know, there's certainly been comic books, um, you know, you know, uh, to do with this kind of thing you know mm-hmm. uh, if we're going to involve the second world war like well where's the doctor right you know? why didn't superman stop the holocaust mm-hmm. you know yeah we've had three trips into world war ii with moffat right so we've had yeah victory of the daleks with spitfires in space and churchill yep. um yep. this would be the second one right the doctor the well, well i mean the first one would be um oh, uh, with with rose and captain jack abs- right so there's a four yeah. there's another one that's this Escaping me. Yeah, which is that one, which is actually very good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with the with the gas mask. Creatures. Right. I mean, very. Yeah, but it's it's. Oh, let's kill Hitler. That's the one that's escaping my mind. Oh and, yes, and, right. And that, yeah. that's just another. That that's well, that's Moffat trolling the fans, of course. But it's sort of like we don't we don't address what is. Uh, Hitler, we make you know, we're and we're he's not as gifted as Mel Brooks for <laughs> lampooning Hitler, obviously. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's 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 I mean, not, it's not something even we should be doing. As Quentin Tarantino, yeah, in um, um, in terms of lampooning the Inglorious Bastards, lampooning right? Hitler, yeah. Inglorious Bastards, yeah. yeah, which is another kind of Hitler Hitler caricature. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I think you have to tread very carefully right. when you have like you know actual death, mm-hmm. yeah. actual kind of mega death. Which is within people's actual memories, right. you know, I mean, so, yeah. Those memories are fading, but, the, I mean, it's still within a generation with the memories. And yeah. uh, I just think he had too many elements that he wanted to try to bring in. And if he wanted to do The Father Dead at Christmas, I think he should have started it out that way. And maybe something in the Narnia-like world maybe tries to cheer up the kids or something like that or yeah, the, or the yeah. wife but to bring yeah. the father back um yeah um the it's, whole it's, the whole yeah. logging acid rain I, I mean i like the little bit of the mother being really strong the motherhood powering the space capsule escape capsule yeah, yeah, yeah. for the trees yep. i yep. mean there was he had the moffat always has really interesting ideas and like rtd I think sometimes he just fails to execute. I often think he's got, he's got too many ideas. Mm. Um, you know, he's just trying to pack too much in. Mm-hmm. And I often also think he gets trapped within like an overarching concept. So like, a, okay, this has got to be like uh, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Right. Then it's got to involve World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I know virtually nothing about creative writing and I couldn't write a Doctor Who TV show to save my life. However, you know, one reads about it and I, you know, one of the things one's often told to do when, you know, if a piece of writing that you're doing is going wrong, right. Um, one of the ways to address that, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that this is what Moffat's doing because I don't think he, he does think the stuff he does goes wrong, but you know, mm-hmm. if something is going wrong, get rid of the thing you're most fond of because right. that tends to be the thing that you're keeping in because you like it so mm-hmm. much. And maybe, you know, jettison that it's got to be like mm-hmm. Narnia and, you know, I don't know, let's bring back the Forest of Cheam or something, mm-hmm. you know, and... Um, there you go. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. or, I don't know let's, let's have some crinoids or something <laughs> if we're going to be doing plants. Right. Um, well, yeah. just or even keep the Narnia a bit, but maybe jettison the World War II thing or address that yeah. the wardrobe is the original TARDIS. That would be awesome. 
Wow, yeah, you know, it's like a, yeah, so, yeah, anyway, so, you know, some great visuals, um, uh, but, you know, just, just a vague sense of disappointment mm -hmm. with this one, a vague sense of disappointment in 2011. I think that sums it up with the missing comma, just a vague sense of disappointment. <laughs> vague sense of, if only, well, maybe it's, it should be the doctor, the widow, and the ward, comma, row. <laughs> well, shall we move on to... The next the year? Snowmen. Yeah, yes. 2012, Christmas 2012, Day. 2012, Christmas Day. I actually, well, okay, um, again, everyone knows my, my, my feelings about Clara mm -hmm. Oswald and <laughs> how that really is just kind of nonsense, all of that stuff. However, I really enjoyed The Snowmen because, A, I loved The Great Intelligence, mm. and I thought it was really, I really appreciated as an old-school fan that, you know, this is great intelligence is like playing away playing around with snowmen again mm -hmm. it's not abominable snowmen it's actual snowmen right makes complete in-show sense so i loved it mm -hmm. uh you know ian mckellen i believe voiced the great intelligence um which guess so gandalf is mm -hmm. in it so that's good <laughs> i love richard e grant obviously because mm -hmm. i'm a huge fan of um of with nail and i and mm -hmm. of course what, what what one will note is that michael pickwode the set designer for Doctor Who at this point, I mm -hmm. think for all of Matt Smith's era, mm -hmm. was the uh, set designer for um, With Nail and I. So, mm -hmm. that's, so that's nice. Um, so yes, yeah, so everyone loves Richard E. Grant and he does a great, you know, evil taken over by the great intelligence right. kind of guy. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, the kind of little payoff at the end with the, with the, with the tin, with the London Underground, <laughs> with the London <laughs> Underground map on it, you know, giving the Great Intelligence like a, another stupid idea for it to. I mean, it's called the Great Intelligence, but it's actually not that smart. Um, <laughs> so, and again, I, this was also before I'd started to get a bit bored of the whole Strax, um, uh, uh, Madame Vastra, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, and the other one, Jenny, Jenny um, mm -hmm. you know, the kind of investigative Victorian team, which mm -hmm. I think has kind of been done a bit to death at this mm -hmm. point. But at this point, I was still really kind of enjoying that, um, mm -hmm. enjoying those relationships. So I really enjoyed this one, I think. Hmm. Okay. I, I had probably a less positive reaction towards the whole Richard E. Grant, the great intelligence and the snowman bit. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was kind of cheap to bring them back and in the mm -hmm. way that he brought them back in so uh what i, I uh, it just hmm, it just was gratuitous i thought and i said like why are you bringing back the great intelligence can you not leave anything alone and uh, just just right. with the inclusion of the suggestion of the london underground it's, oh, look how clever I am. I am retconning in this, making it all timey-wimey, and look how, look, how, look how I really know the canon, and it's... But, I mean, it does, it, does, it does explain why the Great Intelligence all of a sudden decided to move from the Himalayas and start obsessing about the London Underground. Mm -hmm. um, well, which is not fully explained <laughs> between the Abominable Snowman and, um, and the Web of Fear. I thought the link... Let's face it. I thought that was the link was Professor Travers. So I didn't... That is true. Mm -hmm. This is the London Museum. That's, mm -hmm. where, that's where the energy, energy, energy globe is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. So that's true. I'm, I'm not... Uh, I don't know, and I think the third uh, great intelligence story should have been the Laird of Scotland with Jamie McCrinnan. I and I would agree that in the yes, in the great those great lost stories that are never now going to be made. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and exactly. and with uh, Madame Vastra, 
I, I like the Jenny. I like I like I like our comedy Santar and Strax. I'm just yep. I'm just still a little bit scratching my head with what, why the Silurians are like that. <laughs> oh yeah, well yeah. I think by I think by, by this point I've kind of caved in and said, okay, this is what the Silurians look mm-hmm. like now. Okay. You know, as mm-hmm. much as we actually want them to look like proper mm-hmm. Silurians, it's like now no, they look like sexy women, <laughs> sexy green women. Yeah. Apparently, like like off of Star Trek. Yeah. The thing that worked really worked for me was I liked the Clara character. I was a little bit of a I would have liked a little bit of more of an explanation why she was a barmaid and then a, a governess and how I what, think because he can't he can't decide what 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 she should be. I mean that's right. the reason. But anyway, yeah, in show in show explanation, mm-hmm. yeah. And then I I like this version of Clara. Why kill her off other than you have this impossible girl thing that you want to stick us with? Uh, she's the most important companion ever. Yeah. And this to me was, I was kind of on board with what Moffat was doing with Doctor Who pretty much up until this point. I was okay right. with, I was okay with the first two seasons of Amy and Rory. Uh, it was in, it was different, but it was still enjoyable when we introduced Clara and the timey wimey impossible girl uh, yeah, yeah. storyline. And then killing her off at Christmas. No, this is not what I'm looking for in a Christmas program. I'm not looking for our companion to be to be killed off at Christmas. It's just not the downer I need. Right, right, right. Though, I mean, and actually, I don't think we're going to be talking about last Christmas, which is um, the first um, where Clara is again kind of mm-hmm. killed, but then comes back again. <laughs> Certainly in Britain, there's a strong tradition of Christmas ghost stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, certainly for a British viewer, one is expecting... Well, one one does not not expect... <laughs> that's not too much of a double negative. <laughs> um, something ghostly and mm-hmm. and supernatural at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you know, it fits in with the Christmas Carol, which of course is basically a ghost story. Mm-hmm. So I mean, ghost stories are very, are very, are very traditional at Christmas. Mm-hmm. So it's not all kind of like ho 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 Santa, right? Uh, which is, I think, maybe more of the American mm-hmm. view of what Christmas is like. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's okay, but it's just I've just. Why Why not go? This was, I think, Moffat's original Clara that he was going to bring on board. And right. he chose to kill her off. And it's sort of like, yeah. why? She w- this, is a, this is an actually interesting Clara. And I think it would have worked worked better. But, you know. I, 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 again, I mean, I think, you know, a Victorian co- companion and a Victorian Clara would have been marvelous. And I mm-hmm. think, you know... Um, as, as I think we all know, one of the problems with the Neil Gaiman Cyberman episode, I think, of the following season is mm-hmm. that, you know, Gaiman wrote that character as a Victorian governess. And right. then, you know, five minutes before they started filming, um, she had to turn, turn into a twentieth to a late 20th century uh, governess, right. which is something that doesn't exist. So <laughs> that's why that story is weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that whole backstory of Clara being looking after this family, and then we never hear about that family again. It's and Ever that's again. that's yes. you know that is where Moffat seems to think, well, I can just paste on or tape on these trappings of family, and then yeah. they're only there when they're convenient to the story arc. Unlike with RTD, where he kind of tapes on these trappings of plot when they're <laughs> convenient, but yeah. at least the characters stay true and i don't believable yeah yeah, i don't i don't see a lot of 
I don't see a lot of plausibility with the characters of the Moffat era. Of course, and also it's super ironic because I think, you know, um, uh, 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 my mind has literally gone blank. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, um, Jenna Lu- Jenna Lu- Louise Coleman, Coleman, of course, um, the Clara actra- actress, of course, is now ironically playing Queen Victoria. Yes. Um, so, you know, she's and she's got a kind of a Victorian-y face. <laughs> she looks like a Victorian, mm-hmm. which is presumably why they kind of cast her in the first place. Right. Anyway, so, yeah. So yeah, okay. You know, you know, you you're, you're kind of downing me on the yeah, snowman. Yeah, I'm now. sorry. Yeah, you're kind of like harshing my mellow on the on the snowman. Yeah, this one, this one, this is Moffat saying, "I know what's coming out. I know that the web of fear is back." Right. <laughs> and it's. Right, I mean, right, other. I don't think he right. would have even touched it if uh, uh, Philip Morris hadn't uh, found uh, most yeah, of the web of yeah because the web of fear was released was it it was it, that yeah because that it was, was that released, coming... the, released the, the, the following year of course. Yep. yeah exactly mm-hmm. exactly exactly yeah well i i love the great intelligence mm-hmm. um, oh i love this i love the 60s stories i love the trouton stories yeah. with them yeah yeah so i was pleased to see him mm-hmm. see the old the old yeah the, the great the silly great intelligence <laughs> back again <laughs> oh bless He's not very intelligent. <laughs> so, so then we have our one of our, I think the capper on the fiftieth anniversary, which is yep. the time of the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where we have once again a, a family elements taped on. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah, like a, <laughs> the world's most yeah, like unconvincing Christmas. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think. I think at this point. In the fiftieth anniversary <laughs> saga, I'd basically like given up trying to work out what the hell was going on because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I guess I'm too stupid. I was really watching this for for the kind of um, the succession of spectacle that right. was being produced mm-hmm. for me, rather than trying to work out what the hell was going on. I don't like the word Trenzalore. I think it sounds silly, and mm-hmm. the way that people kind of repeat it over and over again as if it's super meaningful right. irritated me immensely. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the wooden Cybermen. Were there wooden Daleks as well? Anyway, that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, handles, pe- handles. That's that's a fangirl thing. I I I thought that was kind of ridiculous. <laughs> okay. I'm sure if you if you go to a Doctor Who con right now, all the all the Fez wearing wearing fangirls are also carrying Cybermen and Cybermen mm-hmm. heads that they've nicknamed handles. Mm. Um, didn't like that at all. Paper <laughs> mainframe. That's silly. That's oh from, okay. That's out of like you know Luther Arkwright or something. That's just a rip off of like better comic books. Uh, even though it is a rip off, I do think think it's a good idea for Doctor Who, and I li- I like I liked what Moffat did with the Church when he kind of established in the time of Angels, Flesh and Stone, where the Church is all militarized and it's a, it's a military organization, yeah, much, which, much which... like the Crusades. And I kind of like the idea of the papal mainframe, where it's also. Uh, that that worked really well with mm-hmm. you know what's his name out of Game of Thrones you know being all kind of I'm a vicar but I'm also a soldier right a soldier mm-hmm. um, I just think it just again it's like it didn't really pay off in this one for me at all mm-hmm. in the right kind of way well there's too many pieces and it's too sort much of like stuff. there's too much stuff going on mm-hmm. just like do half as many things mm-hmm. um, and then I'll be able to understand what's going on there's just too many things too right. many, too much mm-hmm. too many notes and sort of like I think well. This was a this was a regeneration story, and Moffat was trying to make this epic last battle. Um, the Doctor saves Christmas, the town Christmas, yeah. whatever. And 
I don't know. I I don't like regeneration stories. I don't like killing nope. off. I don't like killing off companions at Christmas. I it's this is yeah. not this is a this is a double whammy. And I think this is what we're going to be getting now in uh, Doctor Who, due to the way the seasons are set up. Unless the Doctor does what Christopher Eccleston did, leaving at the end of his series, we're going to have Christmas be the last one of the Doctor yeah. rather than yeah. be the first one of the Doctor. And you know, I, th- I think. It's also true. I mean, I don't like regeneration stories either, particularly. And I think they've gotten worse um, <laughs> over time. Where you know, and similarly with you know the 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 um, the, the 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 new Doctor mm-hmm. stories, you know. And I again, I've been thinking about this because I've been looking forward to watching the Power of the Daleks when um, I hopefully get that for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. We used to not really spend any time on the Doctor regenerating. It's mm. like, bam, there's a new Doctor. Okay, mm-hmm. now let's get on with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, when, when the Doctor died in, in, you know, the old days, it was like, bam, he's dead. Okay, it's the case of Androzani. Now he's dead. And now there's mm-hmm. a new Doctor, you mm-hmm. know. Um, well, so... the, the rot kind of came in with uh, Castor Velva, with Davison's Doctor uh, having to be in the Zero Room and the regeneration yeah, and failing. Yeah, which is, again, the total fan service of the John Nathan Turner era, really, mm. you know. Mm. But, I mean, I think, I mean, I think you know, RTD did it really well with, um, with Eccleston. Mm-hmm. Um, the Christmas you know, Invasion, what? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, well I mean, because, you know, the, the, the Doctor died, like, you know, sort of unexpectedly. Right. I mean, you know, we, we knew he was going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the Christmas Invasion actually kind of, you know, rattled along pretty nicely. And the regeneration was kind of part of the... Sp- part of the story mm-hmm. rather than being the whole story right. which you know is just a bit dull really mm-hmm. well yeah. um the you know as much as i liked you know, getting back to the time of doctor as much as i liked yeah. the idea of the papal mainframe and i liked the mother superior tasha lem what i didn't right. i didn't like the cheap jokes of naked in church and uh, you know clara needing a boyfriend and then the doctor is naked I, it, it's it's sort of like okay this is funny but it's not really funny <laughs> yeah it's well it's yeah it's not it's, it has the appearance of being funny without mm-hmm. actually being funny mm-hmm. yes which is and actually it, the least best right. way to do something that's funny and it, I think it, um, Moffat took advantage of it because uh, uh, Matt Smith had shaved his head for a role that he had in um, the America in America oh, for a movie. Oh, really? And so he could do the the key underneath the wig uh, joke. Oh, interesting. I mm-hmm. did not know. So that. I think that I think that's why the whole thing came into place. But um, like I think he mentioned earlier, the uh, the the wooden Cybermen. I think those were interesting. Yeah, uh, but you know, not really, really necessary. I think the, I no. think the whole pre, I, I, I don't know. I think it, he was just trying to build up the stakes that for some reason, uh, everyone, everyone in the world, anyone, everyone in the universe wanted to go take over Trenzalore, but the Doctor was st- stopping this from happening, and the only reason they wanted to take over Trenzalore is because the Doctor was there. It seemed like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I said, I mean, I, I at this point, I completely checked out, kind of <laughs> trying to work out what the plot was. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that that that's that's probably the problem with the plot. Mm-hmm. I, I I I mean, I can't really mm-hmm. comment any more than that. And and again, you know, there's a you know, there's a whole bunch. As far as I again, I'm, I'm afraid I haven't actually 
rewatch this one but you know there's you know we, there's the cracks get solved and like yep. who blew up the TARDIS gets solved uh, in, in ways one. that like well why didn't you just tell us like three or four stories earlier about well he that, never thought know? it never thought it mattered and then never thought we you know never thought he needed to answer those things or that we could have yeah. worked it our, out ourselves or he yeah, was yeah, leaving yeah. interesting interesting crumbs or things morsels for the fandom to chew on and it's just yeah uh, those are just yeah, I don't know. It's <sighs> the th- I, I guess the other thing I I liked all the pre pre sequences where he goes in with a Dalek eyepiece into the spaceship and he's surrounded by Daleks. He goes in with handles and he's in a cyber ship and he's using handles to deflect um, laser blast from the Cybermen. I mean, I think all those things are fun little uh set pieces for the doctor yeah Yeah, for the doctor to do but once we get into trenslor i think he does i i like his matt smith's old doctor routine i mean okay we have handles now he has that thing uh the the scene where you know handles finally goes out of power i like the idea of tasha lim i don't like her being a dalek i I, so uh, and then uh, with the crack in the universe all it takes is clara saying you owe him this to gallifrey and that's how his uh he gets 13 more regenerate or 12 more lives or 13 more lives and it just yeah. Uh, I I just it's just is I just is unsatisfying for me as a viewer. You know, maybe I'm just not in sync with what Moffat's trying to do. Yeah. And he you know, he obviously has this interest in, you know, the doctor spending a very very long time doing something as exemplified by Peter Capaldi spending what is it like 10 billion years or something in trying to get through sent, that. Yeah. In heaven sent, you know, he's that. This is something that really interests him, mm-hmm. and it's an interesting science fiction idea. But twice, <laughs> twice, and I think you know, I think it's been done. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, what, what's that episode in the next in Star Trek Next Generation where you know um, Picard like lives an entire life by mistake? Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Anyway, yeah, I, this, yeah. I mean, it's been done, mm-hmm. and I think it's been done more interestingly, and. I mean, I just didn't buy that this war had been going on for like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. What I think Moffat is really trying to do is sort of like, look, my doctor, Matt Smith, is the longest serving doctor. He's the best doctor. Yeah, He's had the longest time. So go at it, Big Finish. He's had the most years as the doctor. (laughs) You know, it's not the eighth doctor. It's not the seventh doctor. It's the 11th doctor because I keep adding hundreds after a year each season or each time we meet them. (laughs) Yeah, which which is... uh... Unfortunately, it plays a little bit to like you know Moffat Moffat being a big fan of the show. You know he obviously wants to win Doctor Who, right? In terms of like making the most important companion mm-hmm. Clara and the longest ever Doctor, which is I guess is now Peter Capaldi. Yeah, he wants to win by fiat. Yep, yep. He he wants he wants to win Who because basically he's in charge of it. So right. like of course he can win it mm-hmm. because he's you know he's um, he's writing it. So there's a slight immodesty right. there, which and it's the and it's the whole hubris of okay, this the eleventh is actually the final regeneration, and so now this is what we're going to solve Gallifrey. We're going to bring Gallifrey back. We're going to get right. We're going to reset the regeneration cycle because RTD didn't regenerate uh, Tenant and Journey's End. Right, right, and right. It's this story 
as cute as it was, I mean, they had really cute yeah. aspects or uh, nice aspects with the monoid in the Punch and Judy show. And, you know, the, the <laughs> I mean, I, I think Handles is interesting as a companion for this story. The doctor making Christmas toys. I think that's that's really nice. That's a really nice imagery. But the ego or the, as you say, winning Doctor Who, making that the most important thing. It just doesn't fit with what I would want from Doctor Who. I think Doctor Who, the Doctor under Moffat, and even under RTD, becomes too big for his britches. He becomes too yeah. important, and this is kind of yeah. the this is kind of what fandom, the way fandom went with the from the Cartmill Master Plan onwards in the wilderness yeah. years, is the Doctor yeah. is really more important than just a wanderer in the fourth dimension. Well, there seems to be this, uh, there's a trajectory, which, you know, which is uh, having, you know, obviously now been, you know, I've been watching Doctor Who for like 40 years mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. me, you know, and you see it, you know, the Doctor gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and more important. And then bam, you've got to take him back down again. Right. I think guess my first kind of, you know, realization of that is the randomizer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at the end of the key to time, you right. know, where like, I've got, to, I'm now got to hide from the black guardian mm-hmm. and, you know, now I don't know where to, I can't, you know, do the, I can't pilot the TARDIS anymore, but mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 the doctor works best if he's, if he's just some guy really right? Uh, to me rather than, and I think he's more important as, I think he's more of a exciting character if he's just some guy mm-hmm. rather than he's this kind of key figure in the, entire history of the universe mm-hmm. i think he can be a key figure in the entire history of the universe without that being his main mm-hmm. defining characteristic he doesn't have to be a god he doesn't have to be a god no mm-hmm. exactly exactly and i think you know i mean for all his faults and he undoubtedly had some rtd kind of tries to examine that a little bit mm-hmm. and dials back from it and i think in in interesting ways mm-hmm. i think moffat just just goes for it you know it's like mm-hmm. the doctor is literally the most everyone knows who he is and he's the most important person in the right. universe and if he's regenerating he can shoot down dalek ships with his uh, regeneration with his energy regeneration <laughs> energy like you know like he's superman or something um <laughs> It's, yeah, regeneration energy. They can get rid of that as well. <laughs> I'm I'm not a huge fan of regeneration energy. So, yeah, so Time of the Doctor, I'm afraid, yeah, at this point, I was like, I don't know what's going on. I don't care either. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, which is sad because obviously it's Doctor Who and I, I want to care passionately about mm-hmm. it as much as I can. Well, I just don't want to be embarrassed by Doctor Who on Christmas. And I think we can probably tackle this. You know, the 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 it's it's the only time, one of the few times in the year where one might be watching Doctor Who with people who are not that keen on the show, right? Um, <laughs> and so the so the the potential for embarrassment is very very high mm-hmm. for fans. Yeah, it's just they, very high. I just remember, I I think I watched this with my brother, and he. <laughs> He is not, I mean, he's certainly aware of my love of Doctor Who or my Doctor Who fandom, but he just. <laughs> I'm, sure, he, I'm sure he is. He just kind of turned to me and just, yeah, you could just see the question is sort of like, well, is this one good? And you you is just. Is this one good? And you, is this one of the good ones and, or is this one of the shit ones? Right. <laughs> That's funny. And you just, you just want to go, well, no, this isn't. This isn't what I consider good, and then and then that brings up the question: Why do you watch? And it's sort of like, well, it's Doctor Who. You don't you have to watch? And it's just no shit. You have to watch it. We, we you you watch it whether whether it's Time Lash or Genesis of the Daleks. You still have to watch it. You know, it's uh, uh, 
You know, I I love this program, but it's 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 yeah. doesn't it doesn't always live up to my expectations. <laughs> yeah, and one one of the things we love most about Doctor Who is like it's sometimes sometimes it, 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 more often than it should it actually doesn't succeed that well. And actually, one of the downsides of I think modern modern Doctor Who is because it's so slick and you know it's got plenty of money and it's got mm-hmm. great actors in it and they've got money for special effects. Mm-hmm. When it doesn't succeed, it's actually harder to laugh. <laughs> at it um, where you know old doctor you can laugh at like the pathetic things that go wrong mm-hmm. um but this is like it's all you know they're spending money on this and everyone's working really super mm-hmm. hard not that they weren't working hard in this in the 60s 70s and 80s no, everyone but, you was know, trying to put on a show they were trying to put on a show but this it's like oh really you 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 know Stephen moffat all your all your people who work for you worked so hard on this and mm-hmm. That's actually just a bit pants. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know it's pants and my family know it's pants. <laughs> and, you know, they'd rather be watching the Bond film on ITV. You know, uh-huh. it's like, even though, even though they've seen, you know, um, um, for, 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 for your eyes only, like 20 times. <laughs> right. They're cross mm-hmm. because I made them watch Doctor Who rather than, rather than Sheena Easton and Roger Moore walking <laughs> around in Greece. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's hard. But it's a hard, it's a hard life. It's a hard life uh-huh. being a Who fan. It really is. So of the Matt, really is. so should we should we wrap up here of the Matt Smith Doctor Who Christmas specials? Yeah. What? what the, hang on. How many hours have we done? Done just shy of an hour. Five minutes. <laughs> just shy of an hour. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of our traditional length, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Well, because then we can maybe you know in the new year we can cover you know last Christmas Husbands of River Song and then do a proper recap of dr mysterioso or if i may be so bold we just keep uh, the capaldis for next year yes exactly yeah 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 okay that's great yeah <laughs> well we'll see see we'll see we'll see. see what the future capaldis. brings us yeah what the future brings in the brave <laughs> new world of 2017 oh i just hope Ugh. i just hope 2016 wasn't the horrific uh <laughs> a pre-credits sequence oh my God. i mean I'm, well hey i mean that horrific pre-credit sequence well i guess everyone's everyone everyone who's good who was going to die has died now so that's fine <laughs> oh we got a few weeks left that's true i mean I, i'm just hoping to... don't name names don't name names <laughs> that's true that's true this this, this this podcast has mysterious powers probably um, <laughs> oh yeah all right straight in yeah, so just as so, a programming note for lis- yeah. listeners, we may or may not be able to bring you some Christmas reactions to the return of Dr. Mysterio until January of 2017. So there may yeah. be a lull. Slight hiatus. Yes. Christmas hiatus. Yes. But we'll see what we can do. We'll see what we can do. I'll, I'll, be, in, I'll be in Blighty yeah. for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, which will be nice. So I'll be in the bosom of my English family, and mm-hmm. we'll be we'll be snuggling around the Christmas tree in the television set mm-hmm. with a mince pie, watching the return of Doctor Mysterioso. Um, <laughs> and um, that that would be nice. Uh, David, where will you be spending Christmas this year? Well, I will be in uh, sunny, warm Oregon with uh, <laughs> with my family. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And we'll we'll see. I I'm trying to persuade my youngest child, my daughter, to watch Doctor Who with us and give me some feedback my son said he would give me feedback but only if he could write it in advance (laughs) (laughs) excellent (laughs) well we shall see not okay not 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 in advance of actually seeing the episode (laughs) i hope not (laughs) 
He's writing it right now. It doesn't have Patrick Troughton in it. It's no good. Um, yeah, or Colin Baker. He's a big fan or, of Colin Baker. Well, he's he, your your son is a man of, of, of excellent who taste. Yeah, he is a very interesting excellent. interesting child in that he saw almost the entirety of Doctor Who the classic series before the new series came back. So he's a very young, curmudgeonly classic who fan looking (laughs) at new who. (laughs) He's the young curmudgeon. Well, I'll be trying to get a reaction from my, um, my, 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 my nephew Mm -hmm. who is a, thanks to me, unfortunately, is an absolute who fanatic. (laughs) I don't know how long it's going to, I don't know how long it's going to last. He's, I think he's going to be 12. If, uh, if he's been relatively soon if he's been bitten by the bug it's going to be there it's going to it's going to manifest itself it will probably lapse in the teenage years as it so often does mm-hmm. um and you know unless he really wants to be like a nerd who's hated by everybody um <laughs> but you know he will not escape it he will not escape it so you give him a cri- can... give him a christmas anorak yeah i'm giving him uh yeah i i i, I, I he, he's getting a he is getting a who themed a who theme he always gets at least one who themed present from me so are your lovely daughters going to be joining you um they should be mm-hmm. yeah oh yes i mean whether they'll be watching Aww. whether they'll be watching who or not um i mean again you know i mean actually knowing my lovely daughters they'll be like squawking away on snapchat on their iphones which is fine I, it's christmas it's they the can age. do what they want mm-hmm. it's the age exactly exactly no they have to watch dad has a podcast <laughs> exactly come on give me some reaction no i will force them to react <laughs> I will force them to react. Yeah. And actually, my niece, Lauren, who uh, I think would dearly love to have her own podcast, I'm mm. sure I'll be able to get some reaction. Oh, well, that would well. be good. So we'll see. Oh, you know, record what you want. We can always put it on the air and we'll see. See what happens. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. Excellent. Well, this has been a, like a, actually, this has been, I was actually kind of dreading this podcast because <laughs> I don't actually like any of these. Um, but, you know, this has been, this is, as usual, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, and um, yeah, you have been listening to the Metabolis 2 podcast starring me, Ben. And David. So have a happy Christmas. A very happy Christmas to all our readers and listeners too.